This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening. Welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Friday evening. It's Friday. If you're anything like me, uh, I am emotionally exhausted from this week. I've been weeping literally for our nation, praying for healings. I hope you've had some time to be, be praying for our nation as well. Because of that and just how emotional this week has been, we're going to change things up a little bit tonight. Yes, we'll give you some you know news of the day items. And also coming up later in the show, we're going to speak with a doctor about um, some therapeutics. If you're someone who has COVID or uh, are thinking, hey, what can I do in case I get it? We're going to have a great conversation about ways to uh, hopefully lessen the severity of COVID for yourself. Also, more of my conversation with some of our great tribal leaders across the great state of North Dakota. Earlier this week, uh, Chairman Mark Fox from MHA Nation gave the uh, state of the tribal address. We did a fantastic job to so get a chance to hear from them and uh, what's happening on our sovereign nations here in North Dakota. Um, some good news because we know the challenges that COVID's presented for many of us across this great nation. Uh, Democrats are saying, hey, now that we've taken the Senate back or uh, the majority in the Senate, they're saying, and you know, we'll see, but they are saying that they are going to do whatever it takes to get out those $2,000 stimulus checks that Bernie Sanders and President Trump were talking about, uh, you know, for quite some time now. And I think many of us are like, wait a second, you're sending all this money over to foreign countries. You're going to send Americans 600 bucks, but not get the $2,000 through it. And look, I know there's a lot of ways you can sort of slice this pie with the $2,000, but people are struggling right now. We talked about this before the holidays. You know, we've got some parents out there that are saying, hey, do I pay rent or do I get Christmas gifts? So $2,000 um, will definitely help a lot of American families, and that's what we want to see happen. All right, also earlier today, this morning, people have been asking President Trump if he's going to be going to the inauguration or not. He tweeted out today to all of those who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration on January 20th. Would love to know your point of view on that. If you feel like President Trump should or just if he should go or should not go, please share your point of view with us. In some sad news, um, as of right now, we have now lost five people, five people's lives because of what took place at the Capitol. And one of them, unfortunately, you know how on this show we back the blue. Officer Brian Sicknick, uh, Capitol Police officer, passed away due to injuries from what took place at the Capitol earlier this week. So please keep his family in your thoughts and prayers. And like, that's what I, how I started the show. It's just been an emotionally tough, challenging week. Um, one thing I wanna share with you that is, I think some, some better news, if you will, just from the standpoint that earlier this week, uh, when these riots were happening at the Capitol, I said, hey, Whatever we've got to do, if you broke the law um, on the Capitol in D.C. as part of this part of these riots, you need to be held accountable by the law. Well, the good news is law enforcement and the FBI is starting to do that. Gentlemen, I'm sure you saw this picture all over the place. Richard Barnett was in the speaker's office, had his feet up on her desk. Um, he has now since been arrested. In this article, the FBI says, hey, we have you on video, many of you. We have pictures. So just because you left the D.C. region, <clears throat> don't think for a second there may not be a knock at your door. So the FBI, excuse me, across the country is now doing what they can to find the people that they've got photos and or videos of. And with that being said, if you happen to be in D.C. and you saw some people that were breaking the law, uh, 
in D.C., specifically at the Capitol. The FBI has now put out a website where you can actually share videos or pictures or things of that nature to help them go and find uh, these perpetrators and the people that were breaking the law. Um, all right. As I said a moment ago, COVID has posed so many challenges for so many people in 2020 and still today. So <clears throat> I had a chance to visit with a doctor who's talking about a possible therapeutic that can help lessen the severity if you get COVID-19. Dr. Josh Rannan, welcome to Point of View. It's great to have you. You put out an op-ed recently about, hopefully I'm saying this right, monoclonal antibodies to help mitigate some of the effects of COVID-19. The, the basic question for me is what, what exactly are monoclonal antibodies and how do they fight COVID-19? A great question. And, and uh, I'd like to start by saying uh, thanks for having me here to uh, to get the word out. Uh, the monoclonal antibodies are, are one of the, the, the newest tools in the, the toolkit that we have, uh, especially in early COVID infections. So we're we all kind of have a basic familiarity with with antibodies, which is our body producing something that attacks a virus or bacteria or, or foreign invader. It's the basic principle uh, that we work on with with vaccines, stimulating our body to produce an antibody. A monoclonal antibody is an artificially made. It's it's a essentially a drug designed uh, in a laboratory to target a specific protein. Now, this might be certain uh, inflammatory molecules for patients with rheumatoid arthritis or Crohn's disease, um, uh, other molecules for, for patients with skin conditions like psoriasis. In, in, in the case of these two antibodies, bamlanivimab and casirivimab, the, the COVID spike protein is the target of those antibodies so the theory behind this is you have a patient with a positive covid test and mild to moderate symptoms meaning they're early in the disease uh, along with some risk factors and you administer the monoclonal antibody early in the course of the disease and that's a key point early in the course of the disease and the antibodies essentially attack and bind the uh, coronavirus virus um, using the spike protein as the target. So active virus gets taken out of the system and and with less virus, there's uh, less symptoms, less hospitalization, less. Ah. Now, when, when you say early, what kind of time frame are you talking about there specifically? It's it's recommended to administer these within 10 days of symptom onset. Uh, the theory being, though, the earlier, the better. So it, it really you need the two things. You need the positive test and you need to not be in the hospital. So that's um, the, the list of criteria for the emergency use authorization, which that's under. Um, we, we've had some people who said, ah, I, I'd be interested if I had more symptoms. Really, you got to get it before the horse is out of the barn. And so, you know, the, the body aches, the, the sniffles, the sore throat, the loss of taste and smell, those would all be considered, uh, you know, mild or early symptoms. And that's really when you want to attack this. You want to drop that viral load off front uh, because then your body is going to be working to, to build up its own natural immunity. We basically use these molecules to give your body a head start in fighting the coronavirus. You just said you just brought up, I was going to ask you about, you know, building up your own natural immunity. There's some reports out there that vitamin D can help at least mitigate some of the respiratory issues with, with COVID-19. I mean, 
do you number one believe that to be true have you seen some science behind that i guess i should say and then are, are there other things that people can be doing to help improve their immune system so maybe not catch COVID, or at least if they get it it helps you know minimize this, the symptoms Great, great question, and that and that's a message that we've tried to get out there. You know, we as the physician community uh, all along is people. We always recommend people doing things to uh, take care of their own health. So sleeping properly, getting properly, getting a, a regular amount of physical activity, eating a good diet, um, controlling your other medical conditions, whether it's diabetes, hypertension, um, what have you. Uh, the, the, the great vitamin D debate continues. Certainly, we know that vitamin D deficiency is associated with more severe outcomes. Um, the question always is with the vitamin D science is replacing vitamin D, is that is that enough? Or is vitamin D just happen to be kind of a marker that in people with compromised health, vitamin D remains low? Certainly vitamin D supplementation is incredibly inexpensive. It's very easy to do, it's incredibly safe, and it is definitely a um, consideration that, that people should take uh, along with all those other just you know general health things to um, lessen their chance of, of severe outcome. It's, it's certainly an easy step to take uh, along with the things we've said from the beginning, hand yeah. social distancing, mask wear. So you wrote an op-ed on these uh, antibodies. Are there any other therapeutic, therapeutics out there that you're seeing great results with? You know, it, it depends on, on we, we, we've certainly made made huge strides in just recognition of the disease and, 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 and how it's best treated. Unfortunately, it still continues to take a, a severe toll daily across the, the country and the world. Um, you know, that that's a question that can be kind of segmented into different parts in terms of, you know, early disease, hospital disease and then and, and then and then severe disease um these these antibodies have certainly been uh, a huge boon to early disease because really you know aside from things like like you had talked about the the vitamin d the general health concerns um you know we didn't have a lot of great things in that in that realm you know hydroxychloroquine was it was a thought initially didn't turn out to to, to pan out you know ivermectin is sort of out there now as I call it the new hydroxychloroquine. I think we have to see a lot more data uh, on that. Um, but you know, in terms of early disease and, and bringing the fight to the coronavirus early in the disease, rather than waiting for uh, severe symptoms to really start things, uh, that has definitely been been huge. Uh, the steroids, uh, you know, I, I've been a proponent from those, for, of those from from early in the disease, and and we got great data on those in, in terms of once people start start getting sick we've done a lot of things on ventilator strategies and and any and actually even more ventilator avoidance and in using high flow nasal cannula and uh, high flow oxygen as as uh, a, a, a replace where, where people are getting ventilated early in the disease um you know like in the new york uh, experience you know we, we've found that actually a lot of people may may be able to be kept off the ventilator and some of those secondary consequences. So we're, we're getting new things all along. You know, I got to throw remdesivir in there. Um, you know, we're, we're getting new things all along, uh, but, but this has been the, you know, a really huge shift in, in early COVID. And so yeah. it, it allows us to be a lot more proactive than reactive uh, to the disease. I think the ventilator bit is fascinating. Dr. Richard Vetter was on uh, AM 1100 of the flag, and he said the same thing, like, hey, one of the things we've learned is that we thought the ventilators were going to help, and they actually 
I'll just say they didn't, okay, because I'm not a doctor. But um, with that being said, so I think bottom line for people that are listening to you, do they need to ask their doc about the antibodies or these sort of therapeutics, or does the doc sort of assess and go, hey, these are good for you, or what do you suggest? You know, what, what we've what we've done right now is is really trying to work on the on the on the awareness piece, and and an informed patient is always uh, their best ally. Um, so if if we're really working on on uh, the awareness on the on the clinician uh, end of things as well as the general public. So we've got kind of kind of two arms to that uh, to that outreach and and you know it's it's there's so much information out there there's so many drugs and and and, and things like that you know we we do our best to, to keep up with with everything um you know but sometimes there are gaps if, if a patient is positive and think they may be a candidate we encourage people to um uh, to reach out and ask you know one of the gaps that we're we're finding in in this is um is is even just the communication of results you know patients are Communicated with with their their positive results, and we we've actually worked on some uh, uh, case investigator or contact tracer scripting to remind people that they may be a candidate. Uh, we've we've been uh, working with the uh, 65 uh, and, and older positives as well as the nursing home positives to try and uh, get a get a direct outreach to um, the their clinicians to to encourage uh, consideration so we're, we're working on on getting that message out that's one of the that's, that's the main purpose of the op-ed is to get these things into into the eyes of the public i mean i mean you're talking about significant reductions in hospitalization we know that by extension most people that are you know most people that succumb to the disease uh, are hospitalized so by extension you're cutting down hospitalizations we hope we, we would think that that would lead to to reduction uh, in deaths. Last question, Doc, and just for time's sake, fairly quickly, if you can. But so, let's say I've I've been COVID positive. Um, I've had it. I've been through it. What's your assessment on? Am I likely to get it again? You know, they, a lot of people are talking about several months of immunity from it. What's your take? Yeah, I'm 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 a strong believer in our natural immune system, and and you know I think the the healthier. The person is to start with. I think the better your your immunity is going to be. You know, we know that the antibody levels are are hanging around for probably up to three months. Um, I, I I fall in the camp that um, if you were to be re-exposed uh, to the coronavirus, let's say four or six months down the road, that your body's going to ramp up those those antibodies and, and and fight it. Now, could you be reinfected with a a, 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 a a less have a lesser intense illness you know that that's possible you can get the same thing twice but it's generally less intense now you know what what remains to be seen out there is as that virus mutates and evolves like all living organisms do is your natural immunity going to be enough protection or is are, are those certain virus mutations going to uh, result in basically kind of a new infection again? So, you know, we're pretty sure people are protected for at least three months. We still encourage the vaccine as a great way to uh, limit the risk of, of new infection and also and also spread. But, you know, check with me in a year and we'll have, to have a, lot more, a lot more information on that. Amen to that. Dr. Josh Ranham, uh, thank you so much. You're with West River Health Services based in Hedegar. So it's great to have you join us from Hedegar. Thank you, sir. And uh, have a great weekend. Thank you. You as well. Appreciate it. All right. Stay with us. We've got much more coming up as we sit at the top of the show. Get a chance to hear from some of our great tribal chairmen across the 
great state of North Dakota. As always, please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.